Hello, my name is Eva. And I'm Eva's dad, Rich. And, and welcome, welcome to 50% identical, identical. Bridging the gap between generations X and Z, one conversation at a time. So I've been listening to a lot of music since we last spoke and, of course, went to the MCR concert. Yes. I found myself um, looking at bands that are much older than MCR, but I feel like there's a connection in, in some way. So here's one for you. Weezer. I've been listening to a lot of Weezer. Don't some people say MCR. <laughs> some people say Weezer started the emo movement. They didn't, but that's all right. Okay, if we really want to get into this, if we really want to get into this, emo came from. I like. By the way, you say that like it's a threat. Is, is this it a is, threat? It's yeah. A threat. Yeah. To, okay. Emo go on. Came from emotional hardcore, not Weezer. Weezer, come on! If if you listen to MCR with their with their guitars, with their screaming, with their emotive lyrics, and you and you compare it to the guy whining, say it ain't so, into a microphone, oh my goodness! And I'm not gonna say I don't listen to Weezer because that would be a lie. But what I'm saying is, well, not- why? Yeah, why? Why are you dissing on Weezer? <laughs> um. <laughs> because I'm not a, a true fan, and um, it, but it's not, it's not, and and MCR would of course object to be called uh, to be called emo. Well, it, in a different time, I think they've loosened up a little bit because they've like are mature now and have more perspective. But like they hated being called. Well, but to be fair, all the emo bands hated being called emo because you know you don't want to be self aware of your subculture, else you're a poser, right? I think that's how that works. Well, I'm not, I'm not comparing Weezer to MCR from the standpoint they sound alike because mm-hmm. they don't. It was just uh, I found myself uh, listening to it because of, of that as I was going back. And uh, they've got the new albums out this year. They're coming out with four EPs. Mm-hmm. They just released the third one, Autumn, uh, which ironically, uh, Smashing Pumpkins have another uh, album coming out next spring called Autumn. Spelled differently, though. Mm-hmm. And I've been listening to more Smashing Pumpkins since then as well. They're big influence systems here. That's good. Yeah. And my pick to click mm-hmm. this week in regard to <laughs> uh, in regard to the Smashing Pumpkins is an album that they released right after Melancholy. Yes. And it is it was an album of uh, B sides and different things that came out of the. The sessions, but weren't on Melancholy directly. Mm-hmm. And it's called The Aeroplane Flies High. Mm-hmm. And specifically, I would recommend the Deluxe Edition. Also has a lot of live versions of things. I think it's quite good. So that's something you should listen to. Okay, I'll work on it. Uh- yeah. And so I've been listening to a lot of Pumpkins. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to a lot of Weezer. What can I tell you? Yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. I don't blame you. Yeah. You know, and I've been listening to MCR. Yes. Which I, I, I do like. I'm happy about that a lot. Yes, yes, yes. Now, I found for Eva, you know, you can find concerts and different things online. And you, you think back to when uh, I was Eva's age and would go to concerts, the technology wasn't there to have a fan. I mean, you had to bring in like an entire setup 
to get video at a concert. And it was a big thing. Now you can just bring in your iPhone there or were about some other phone. people live streaming the concert last night. So um, I couldn't stay awake long enough because they're going into the Pacific Northwest now. Oh, right. So it's three hours late. Yeah. And it's like, again, it's like 11 and the openers haven't even come on stage yet. And I'm just I'm so over it. So I just went to bed. But um, but people are streaming it, which is which is very nice. I will say my my music consumption has also changed post MCR concert, which is that I have been listening to so much MCR. But I've also been listening to a lot more like Pierce the Veil. Um, and Paramore, Paramore's compatible. That's a, the hard to speak. Paramore. Paramore. There you go. Coming out with a new album in 2023, which is very interesting because for a while people were doing extremely short album rollouts. Like sometimes they were just dropping them with no announcement. But um, Paramore is back to doing like the five month, you know, single every couple months sort of ab- album rollout which i don't love necessarily but they, they do have that but i've been listening to a lot more paramore a lot more like pop punk sort of stuff a lot more middle school type things and then i was also listening to hesitant alien because hesitant alien which is gerard's um solo album celebrated its eighth anniversary a couple days ago so i've been listening to hesitant alien as well which i think that you should listen to because it does feel I feel it's a lot more Smashing Pumpkins inspired directly, I, I think. Um, that's how it, how it is. And it's also, like, I think lyrically a much more personal and vulnerable album because MCR mostly did, um, like, concept albums. And this one isn't a concept album directly in the, in the same way that MCR's music was. Uh, so it's just a good a good listen. So my music to choose it this uh this week, <laughs> Your music to choose my, it? My music to choose it is um Okay. Uh is <laughs> it's hesitant alien. I think everyone should be listening to that. Um people should be listening by Gerard Way. By Gerard Way. You should be listening gotcha. to I guess top three at the moment. It changes a lot. Would be Maya yeah. the Psychic, Millions, and No Shows. So take a step back for me, which I say yeah. a lot to you because I feel like you got to be clear. Oh, yeah. Are these bands or names of albums? No, these are songs within the Hesitant Alien album. Songs. Ah, see, you got to be. <laughs> got to make sure we're aware of this. Top so, three songs uh, of Hesitant Alien. To, oh, top three songs from Hesitant Alien, according to Eva. According to me, right now in okay. this hour, because it could really change at any any time. But right now, it's Maya the Psychic, Millions, and No Shows, which has really been, I think, my favorite since since the beginning. It's a really, I love No Shows. It's a really good song. Um, so, yeah, and uh, and then also, if you want some more. Uh, Gerard Way listened to, uh, well, Ray Toro was also there, so listen, listen to both of them. Listen to their cover of, of Happy Together. So that's also another good music to choose it. Yep. And another pick to click mm-hmm. from me. Because yep. <laughs> I've also been listening to a lot of Genesis because they're my band. And again, MCR made me think of going back and listening to more Genesis. Right. Three songs I would throw out right now. Mm-hmm. Afterglow from Wind and Wuthering. Behind the Lines from the Duke album and Domino from the Invisible Touch album. And my link to Clink, I've just got to figure out like more. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I got to brainstorm this one because 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 you 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 sprung the the pick to click for yeah. on me. So we just got to do like, I don't know, uh, song to 
to you gotta wrong. you're saying you've got to come up with song, your own song to wrong those are the ones i don't like so okay songs to wrong okay. um, <laughs> sheet to delete that's also another those are the ones <laughs> i don't like <laughs> okay um, Music to choose it, song to wrong, <laughs> sheet to delete, and uh, sheet to delete. Yeah, those right. are my favorites. Um, two of them are negative. I don't know why I trend so negative, but you know, it's all it's all good. Well, one of the things I was trying to say to you a few minutes ago mm-hmm. is, did you? I sent Eva a link to a uh, a fan video from Riot Fest in Chicago, yeah. which was the concert they played after we saw them, <laughs> and it was 4K. It was great quality. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Did you uh, spend any time watching that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was lovely. I mean, um, when Riot Fest originally came about, there were a lot of posts talking about how, um, you know, it was very, very crowded, very busy, and there were some, like, crowd crush risks, but MCR handled it beautifully because, again, MCR, since before people were caring at all about crowd crush, has always taken a, a very good care of the fans, and you know wants to be like conscientious of of everyone there so i appreciated that the show is great they're all such great performers like genuinely like there are some people who perform music because they like to perform music right and that's great but every time i see mcr perform it's like they love the music but you can tell there's there's a very particular connection that they want to have with the crowd like they want to connect with the crowd they want that energy to be there and they will find ways to foster that energy and that is amazing. I just, I, I love that. So yeah, 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 it's been very, very good. That would be Eva's music to choose it. You know it. Um, All right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been great. My mind has just been filled with my chemical romance for a while now. So, <laughs> so I, I started uh, working out again this week. So for those of you that listened way back in episode one, we're in episode three now. If you listen back into episode <laughs> one, I talked about breaking my hands. ribs. Yes. Yeah. And I went uh, just about seven weeks without exercising. Mm-hmm. And I started uh, just a few days ago. And that's that's been going pretty well. There's been one exercise I went to do. started to hurt. So I stopped because doctors said I should stop if it hurts. Right. That's wise. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I can't remember if I mentioned this on the on the podcast or not, but uh, I told him, should I like sort of, you know, exercise through the pain? Because, you know, when I was an athlete, sometimes you just sort of worked through the pain. Mm-hmm. And he stopped me right there and said, well, let's just be clear. You're not an athlete, sir. <laughs> uh, I was like, well, OK, thanks. Thanks for rubbing that one in. You were but, an athlete, just, you know. Yeah, well, he was. Yes, I, I was a lot of things. Yes. So so uh, I started to do that. So that's good. I'm happy about that. And uh, that that's made my week uh, good. The other thing that's been on my mind this week that I'm so overthinking, I mean, like so overthinking, should I get a new iPhone? Mm. The answer is, I don't know. I should get a new iPhone, but it's because mine doesn't really work too well anymore. <laughs> well, right. So this is this becomes this is where the, the question comes mm-hmm. in. So there, there's really two questions. There's do you get an iPhone when your iPhone just stops working so That's well. That's my general flaw. Or there's an or mm-hmm. or do you get an iPhone when you feel like there's enough uh change from the iPhone you have no. that there are more features and things that you want? No, I don't live in that kind of excess. Okay, let's take a step back though it, and really concentrate on... on that on that piece though. 
<laughs> you can't ask my opinion when you want. You know me. You, if, if anyone knows me, you should be the person to know this. I, I get things when they break. I'm not replacing things for the sake of replacing them. Because I don't like change, actually. So I like to wait till mine just doesn't work. You know, here's the thing, though. And also, there's yeah. a certain, like, guilt that I have about being a consumer. If my stuff works perfectly well, and, and, and you know, it's meeting my needs still, yeah. why do I want, you know, um, another thing made by people who weren't paid adequately and with non-renewable resources when the thing that I have works just fine and I'm I fine feel like this wasn't the topic I was looking to go down. I don't doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> do you think maybe this is part of the charm of the podcast is just, you know, there's you mm-hmm. and then there's me who has a very different worldview. And, but that is, that's like kind of the point. But here's the thing. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't look, you know, there's, there's a lot of things I don't engage with. Okay. I don't buy fast fashion. I don't buy new things till they break. Um, if I am going to buy a thing, typically it is to fulfill a need that I have in that moment, but I'm not looking to whatever. The only permiss, per, like, and basically I, th- there's, there's like a bit of like, I want to be conscious. I want to be whatever, but I will say a lot of it is just to outweigh the, uh, guilt because I buy K-pop albums and that stuff is not at all renewable. That's like my one thing. I, mm, I'm going to redact the guilt part. We're taking back the guilt part. I don't feel guilt, but what I am saying is, it's all right if you want to consume some things. I just try to be intentional. And the one thing that I will give myself permission to just sort of have is K-pop albums, which I don't have a ton of. But, like, if there's, like, a K-pop album I really, really want, I will get. But pretty much for anything else, um, especially when it comes to, like, technology, um, clothing, makeup, whatever, I, I just try to get things. It's just the, little, the littlest amount that I need to hopefully have it as long as I can. Got yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Now, for those of you that are uh, not hip and cool like me, let me read you the definition of fast fashion because I had to look that up. It turns out it has nothing to do with, um, well, actually it does have to do with speed, yeah. hence the name. But <laughs> fast, t- tell me if uh, this is how you would describe uh, fast fashion. Mm-hmm. This is according to Wikipedia, my source for all things true. Fast fashion is a term used to describe the clothing industry's business model of replicating recent catwalk trends and high fashion designs. Now, this is the part that sounds innocuous enough. This is the part that gets Eva all crazy. Watch this now. (laughs) Mass producing them at a low cost and bringing them to retail stores quickly while demand is at its highest. Correct. Now, you may say that doesn't sound bad until you realize that there's a lot of child labor involved and a lot of... um, wasted product it's not good quality breaks down really really quickly and then we end up with so many discarded clothing when people talk about like again this is not your part of the internet dad but it is my part of the internet people will be like well don't shop at thrift stores because then you're taking away all the clothes and people who need to shop at thrift stores well first of all no but second of all they get so many clothes much more clothes than they can physically like get to be like sold and so much of it gets into landfills and then shipped sort of down down the line the clothes that don't make it here will either be turned into rags and um for like industrial purposes or shipped off to other countries where they can be resold and then when they're not resold there they're just trash and that's really unfortunate now this is this is important sometimes okay sometimes 
you need fast fashion, right? None of my clothing. Um, Why do you sometimes need fast fashion? Because most sustainable clothing is extremely expensive. It can be cost prohibitive. I'm not buying from like these ethical small batch designer brands. Most of my clothes are fast fashion in the sense that they come from fast fashion brands. I just don't buy very many clothes very often. I'll get like a couple pieces per year from a thrift store and I'll wear them until they don't work anymore. I will say most of my leggings come from Costco. I don't know if that counts as fast fashion, but like that's the thing. You sort of have to like pros and cons it. So my leggings I use for years and years and years at a time and they last and it's preventing me from buying and buying and buying, you know, tons of stuff. But I'm also not really interested in staying on top of trends. So it's like less of an issue. If I was somebody who cared about the trends, I can't buy uh, catwalk fashions. I might be one to, to go to, to something like, you know, Shein or like H&M or something. H&M I've heard of. What was the first one you Shein, said? Shein, Shein, Shein. My sister buys clothes from there. Oh. Yeah. D- Interesting. My daughter buys clothes from there. Right. It's crazy how that works. Um, yeah. Actually, I've never heard of the place, yeah. but uh, I'll have to mm-hmm. ask about it. By the way, uh, this is from treehugger.com, mm-hmm. just to sort of back up what you're saying. That sounds like a site you'd be interested in, treehugger.com. You know it. Fast fashion <laughs> describes cheap, stylish, mass-produced clothes that have a huge impact on the environment. These garments appeal to shoppers because they are affordable and trendy, but... Mm-hmm. Big butt, Eva. Yep. Because they aren't built to last and quickly go out of style, these clothes are quickly discarded, piling up in landfills. Yeah. And with TikTok and Instagram, the rise of micro trends have, have gone to the point where, like, you can pinpoint certain people's clothes to, like, summer of 2020. And, like, you can't, you couldn't do that, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. You know, things, things would maybe change every couple of years every half a decade right but the fact that you can you can now date things to a three-month period you know like is to me mind-boggling that we're we're going through things so quickly for you know a lot of the clothes that i have that i wear regularly i've had for i don't know four or five years which is kind of big based on my age because you know before four or five years ago, I, I was still growing, so I wasn't really like right. a standard size. But um, but most most of the clothes I've had I've had for a while because they just they they serve the purpose. So really, and you're gonna be so proud of me about this like bringing up background thing. Really, that's how that's the kind of the mentality I try to uh, do for everything. Now I do want a new iPhone, not necessarily super soon, but any further updates after the one that we're at now won't work anymore with my iphone and we can talk about planned obsolescence in a different episode but um (laughs) but basically my phone will just stop working uh sooner or later and that's and also i need to replace the battery because it just doesn't really hold charge anymore but i will say this as far as far as apple well no no hold on let me just close the loop (laughs) on what what you're saying As, as far as apple goes though i think they do a better job than most companies in keeping their products working well longer so the the phone you have is like the i realize you haven't had it this long but the phone you've had is about six years old Mm -hmm. now and so uh, i think a lot of technology companies would uh would say would not support 
pr- updates, you know, for for that long. And so, <laughs> well, uh, y- yeah. yes, I understand because you are like an Apple fanboy, but Apple makes it so difficult to repair your own phone. The fact that, that's true. Um, so you just have to replace it, you know, more often. That's um, actually one of the advantages, by the way, of the new iPhone 14, not the Plus, mm-hmm. but the regular 14. They made it in such a way that it is uh, more easily repairable, uh, which makes it less expensive to repair if you're having someone do it. Mm -hmm. And frankly, more likely you might be able to do it yourself. Right. But like, I've had this phone for, I'd say, honestly, like close to like four-ish years now. Mm -hmm. Less than that? You've had it for for three years. Three years. Okay. So you're telling me, you're telling me that in three years that I've had this phone, right? Um, like, well, I'm very glad I have a very strong case. So the screen's the screen's all good thus far. Um, mm-hmm. but like you know, the everything's gone so fast. This this phone's six six years old, and in six years, how we're we're like ten iPhones into the future. How many iPhones are there now? Well, I'd have to. I mean, again, sometimes the numbers don't work no. out. But I I got my iPhone 11, mm-hmm. which the year I got it, that was the brand new phone. The same year you got the iPhone 8, which was brand new, Mm -hmm. meaning your phone was brand new. The model wasn't new. And I believe after the 8, they had the 10. Mm -hmm. And then they had the 10S, I think, or the 10, some other version of 10. And then they came out with the 11. Mm -hmm. So uh, there was the 8, then the 10, and then another version. about like now, like you were talking about the 14. Did they just come out with the 16? No, they just came out with the 14. Okay, 14. Great. So I think we're probably seven or eight phones past whatever. It just comes out so quickly because you always need new products. And with the new products, you need new updates and new features to keep that going. Well, and that's why, even though, but that's why Apple's struggling. So Apple's struggling a bit right Mm -hmm. now, getting people to update because they're coming out with new phones every year. They're at a point where it's challenging to come out with new features every year that are worth people upgrading. Now, someone like myself, Mm -hmm. they're saying, okay, your phone's old enough. There's probably enough new features that it might make sense. But some people are looking to upgrade every year. And the reality is there's no, there there isn't enough going on to upgrade every year. Yes, and we can go along and and talk about, you know, how for any company, there really isn't hope for infinite expansion. You cannot go infinitely upwards and often um that's when planned obsolescence comes in because unfortunately uh the way a lot of people think about things now is that we always need more 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 and when companies can't get more 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 when it comes to terms of capital they will uh use planned obsolescence or like you know how subscription features are everywhere they make it harder to use their products and hope that you will continue to invest more money in their products to make it easier for you to use the products that they made it harder to use, if that makes sense. So what you're saying is if I want to, I should get a new iPhone. Okay. <laughs> so let's move on now to, a, <laughs> to what? Right? When, Isn't that what you were just? Yes. No? Yes. Mm-hmm. Our imaginary yeah. fans, I feel like probably have a very split fan base. Like, who, who even <laughs> listens to this podcast, <laughs> realistically? Like, and I know. Well, we, right now, me and you, right, that's about. That's I don't know who well, else. But I mean, like, but I, what I mean, like, is like from a branding perspective, who listens to this? Yeah. <laughs> because, because I'm over well, here talking ideally, about the effects of capitalism and fast fashion and planned obsolescence. And you're that's like, right. I think I want to consume more. Thank you. Bye bye. Let's talk about something else now. 
we're trying to get the broadest possible audience. Exactly. <laughs> we want it, we want it, oh, we want to cover both sets. We've landed on centrism somehow. This is this is not good, but it's all it's all right. Let's let's move forward. <laughs> so on on that note, mentioning centrism, centrism for me which, anyway. Which in the world of politics is like a horrible word for Don't you, be right? A centrist. Have an opinion. Okay. May, preferably have my opinion realistically, but you know. Have an opinion. Because here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. Centrists are not really centrists. They are sympathizers with the right because they want to keep the status quo. So centrists really aren't centrists. Centrists don't exist, but they try to pretend. That's kind of a strong statement that meaning if you, if you call yourself a centrist, that automatically means you're a right-leaning sympathizer. Can't you be a left-leaning sympathizer? No. Because okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we solved that problem. <laughs> there is a status quo right now. The status quo leans to the right. If uh -huh. you are just sort of like a let's hear it from both sides thing, you are giving equal um, airtime, you know, to people who have terrible, discriminatory, awful ideas. And like people who, you know, just like want to change things and move forward, which I, I understand that definitely comes from like, a, <laughs> those are some biased words. So let me rephrase. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Terrible, awful, discriminatory ideas based on things that people can't change. And then people who are angry and combative over people not liking people's personhood, essentially. That's what the left is big on. Is they want to change how people are being treated based on their personhood and definitely people can be angry or violent depending on who you are or whatever based on that but if you're a centrist and you're like here you know let's hear everyone from both sides and let's you know whatever whatever you're not really looking for progression you're you're looking at these people as as equally you know nuts which isn't really you know helpful and when it comes to certain issues i mean being a centrist on things like universal health care or, you know, marriage equality, like there are people who are centrist on, on that thing. But if you heard their opinion. But what does that mean? I mean, I'm this is where I would agree mm -hmm. with you. You have to have, I mean, it seems to me you have to either believe I'm for it That's or I'm why against being a centrist it. is fake. Because typically when you hear a centrist say things about like, you know, let's pick marriage equality, right? Being okay. a centrist on marriage equality is like, well, you know, I definitely understand that people want to, you know, get married or whatever, but I have to respect other people's religious beliefs and blah, blah. And you're talking yourself in circles. That's what it's talking yourself in circles. And realistically, every centrist actually does have an opinion. Well, it's either people who are kind of right-leaning sympathizers or people who, like, legitimately don't know what they're talking about. Um, and But you're going to talk to yourself in circles because you're taking this issue which is basically just the difference between saying, hey, I believe in your freedom to personhood. I believe in your freedom to determine how you should live your life and whatever, and it won't even affect me. And then all these other people being like, hey, your personhood is my business. What you do is my business. Who you choose to marry is my business. And then you're standing in the center and giving both of these groups equal sort of like... um. What's the word? I don't know. Equal what? Is that like, the word that you like, can't come yeah, up with? Yeah, like validation, but it's not. But it's like, mm -hmm. you know when something's real? Like they're making it seem like it's equally real and, and, and true and, and valid. But yeah. it's really not exactly. Yeah. So that I don't okay. believe in centrism. I think it's a, it's a dumb thing. 
I will say that, my, and this is now my opinion, mm-hmm. I think any time that any of our laws are based upon someone's belief in a book that I would call a book of fairy tales mm-hmm. is a problem. So here's, I'll it's use marriage. fairy tale, so it's like very well, but let me use marriage equality mm-hmm. as the example. This goes back to this thing of something that's changing right now, like the separation of church and state. Right. I think anyone should have the right to be married. Mm-hmm. So see, I'm not a centrist there. I make a, you know, that's where I stand. Yep. But I do believe that if, if a certain religion chooses to not recognize that marriage in their religion, or they don't want to marry those people in their religion. That's their right, which again has nothing to do with whether someone can get married. Because at the end of the day, marriage is a legal. It's it's a it's a legal definition. It's not what the Jews say or the Catholics or any other religion says. I'm married to your mother, and yes, I got married by a rabbi, mm-hmm. and I have a ketubah. And all that other stuff. But the reality is I'm married to your mother because I signed a marriage document in the county that I lived in at the time or where I got married in. And that's what made us married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, do you understand yeah. what I mean? I mean, you. And I don't I know if you say, feel the same or different, no, but that those are my thoughts. Yeah, I'd say overall, that would sort of be my general thing. I think um, there's definitely work to be done when it comes from like the religious angle of things. Um, yeah. But from a from a state thing, I think the d- difficulty is is people don't separate it. So, uh, well, that, and it's becoming less and less separated. Yes, uh, and it's uh, it's definitely been interesting to watch as as people are giving more and more airtime and and uh, listening ears to something that theoretically we built our country on however however i don't really believe on anything this country is built upon so who really cares we gotta you know we gotta change it anyway so it's what it is um, <laughs> aren't i fun i'm fun well again you're you in a lot of ways mm-hmm. are what uh the republicans are yeah they're scary. pushing back against in a, in a in a big way that last sentence but we don't need to go down that rabbit mm-hmm. hole right now, but connected to it, mm-hmm. we've got midterm elections in approximately uh, five-ish, five to six weeks. Correct. And you've got, you know, the two major parties. And by the way, another episode would be how many parties should we have? Because two isn't enough. But we. Uh, I really like the got... idea of a lot more parties with ranked voting, but that's just me. Well, we will get into that at Direct some point. Democracy, yes. So we've got the two major parties, and they're saying two different things. Mm-hmm. You've got the right, the Republicans saying inflation bad, right? Um, Gay people bad, trans people bad, women bad, abortion immigra- bad. To be fair, bad. well, and they're going deep on immigration right <laughs> yeah, now they, as well. Immigrants, yeah. They, <laughs> they see okay. So all these, they're saying immigration bad, uh, women's rights bad. not great, bad. Uh, 
trans people shouldn't get to play sports because that's because that's the biggest uh and and if you go into certain states have access to health care have access to anyone respecting them have access to a public bathroom have access to clothes have access to doctors have access to anything outside of a jail if they choose to go on hormones it's it's a little more it's a little more far-reaching than sports unfortunately That's what a lot of people are focusing on, is I all know, I'm but, saying. But, but, but they're not, though. If you go into actual legislation that's being written, like in Texas, like they're they're going into like CPS um, investigations if their kids are trans. They're trying to, in certain states, trying to take away uh, access to hormones for adults, even. Mm-hmm. Um, people focus on sports because it's a very good like smoke screen. But what they're doing actively behind the scenes, you pay attention to any legislation that is trying to be passed. Um, in different states, it is it is that. So when, when we look at the Republicans, it's basically, if you're not the person that we want in our country, please go away now. And if you don't, we're going to legislate you out of this country, which is not, you know. And and the left is mostly talking about... Uh, not my left. A, a women's... <laughs> well, <laughs> part of your left. I mean, you may go farther left, but you don't disagree with a lot of them. I do, actually. Not on the stuff that you're about to bring up, but yes. That's exactly. Do you believe a woman has a right to choose? I believe that everyone has the right to choose with what they do with their body, yes. <laughs> well said. <laughs> so, so the point is, these are the kinds of things that the Democrats are are bringing up they're bringing up some other things as well but no that's the thing is that democrats really have pretty similar honestly ideas of how the world should work as to republicans they just fight over tiny issues that are surface level um and often a lot of the democratic politicians won't even fight for people's rights until it gets so mainstreamly popular with the youth and then they need their votes so then that's when they make a big uproar about things if we want to go back to marriage equality but eva <laughs> but eva the youth don't vote the youth don't which vote. is what i wanted to get into today a let little me bit. tell you why the youth don't vote and i can tell you why the youth don't vote the youth don't vote because we are incredibly disillusioned because we are the youth don't vote older people will get that reference eva move on that's so cool i don't um younger people are not voting because uh well first of all uh there's a lot of voter suppression a lot of voter suppression so i've heard yeah and it's a it's a big issue um and with voter suppression so i was actually was listening to something recently and there's a there's a point that was made that really stuck sticks in my brain which is um democrats pander to conservatives to try to get them onto our side they are seen as votes that should be earned right but when we look towards young people so so as an example all the the democrats talking about saving democracy right we want to go over to these midwestern states we want to go over to the swing states we want to talk to the people who are registered as Republican. We want to earn their votes, right? But mm-hmm. whose votes are expected, right? When we talk about, oh, these people didn't come through for the Democrats this time. It is typically people of color. And typically those people are also the people who are having their votes suppressed. So really, with the way democracy works, the languaging we have around it, it's, re- it's really not there. And it's incredibly um, disheartening, disappointing disappointing um and i think it does drive people away i don't think people have a lot of hope and, and a lot of I, I want to interrupt you though because one thing i would add mm-hmm. and i'm not d- disagreeing with you mm-hmm. but what i am saying is i believe this particular congress is as close as we've come to some of the things you're speaking about attempting to be changed meaning anytime you hear 
about the suspending or getting rid of the filibuster. Mm -hmm. They were about things such as voter rights, as one example, uh, codifying Roe v. Wade as another example. Right. No, people are talking about it. It's not exactly happening. Because I think it's become, to your point, you're the one who said a few minutes ago when things become more mainstream. Right. And that is that is the thing is a lot of people who are feeling satisfied by the things are like, oh, things are progressing. Right. It is often because they are unaffected till it comes onto their TV screens and then and then they know. So things look like it's moving a lot faster than it is because by the time they're aware of it, it's already happening. So you don't really, you know. No, no one's having to like sit down and be like, oh, it's taking forever. We've worked for like a decade on this, right? Because it's happening in a matter of months to, to the viewer's eyes, right? Um, so I just think that there's there's just a lot of that. And then also, you know, young people don't really feel represented. There are, I mean, even even if you think you're Gen X, how many how many Gen X people are, are high profile in government these days? You know, how many Gen X people are you hearing? The fact that you are literally my father. There are two generate, no, three generations at this point, although the third generation are like children, tiny babies at this point. Uh, three generations below you. And there's yet to be, you know, a Gen X president. There's yet to be, you know, a lot of Gen X representatives, a lot of Gen X senators. Um, that doesn't bode very well <laughs> because we just don't have representation. And... Uh, our issues are not really being brought to the forefront. And then I think there's a there's another bit of a lot of us just can't care. I think there's like a lot of fatigue when it comes to our, our voting system. I would sort of split Gen Z into, th- into three camps, which are, because um, we are getting more and more and more polarized. Um, don't care, far right, far left, if that makes sense. So there are definitely like Trump supporters, not as many, but there are Trump supporters definitely. And then there's a lot more people who aren't voting because they're far right. And maybe they're voting for, you know, whatever will get them their their stuff. But they're probably going to be voting Republican, but they don't really care about being Republican. They're just, you know, checking boxes. They have a bigger agenda, right? And then you have the people on the left who may vote because they think it's important to vote. You know, they hope their vote's going to count. But realistically, they're kind of going to far left generally and then there's people in the center who really aren't voting because they don't care and they probably don't even know what's going on there's so much happening in our world it's very very difficult to get educated on every single candidate and all of their issues and i think a lot of us are just frustrated but but here's the thing we're not actually being connected with in the ways that make sense for us um a lot of Democrats, especially, are really, really bad at branding. They're so bad at appealing to anybody. Like, genuinely, that's not meant to be, like, a, a mean thing. It's that they, they don't know how to do anything. They are so caught up in respectability politics and, like, tone policing everything. And they they when they do step outside of those bounds, it's so slight and often doesn't serve the purpose of actually getting people on board. Like, again, it's like when the the Marines or the Air Force had, like, pride posts. Like, good for them having pride posts, but people actually care about civilians being killed in other countries by our country, you know? Like, they young people don't really want tons of wars, necessarily. We don't want people being murdered by our government, even if they paint the sides of some of their planes with rainbow colors. Like, we don't care, right? So the branding is bad. It's so um clearly so transparently pandering nothing connects when it comes to the right 
politicians are really, really good at doing the dog whistles. They're really, really good at saying the things that they need to say to connect in just the right way with just the right people. There's also, I think, a lot better when it comes to, like, actual um, online psychological stuff. I think they're better at that just because the, there, there's more, I think, legitimate, like, grassroots people talking about things. The left, there's so much, especially the far left, so much infighting. At the right are united by hate like they're so freaking united they don't they right. care about the nuances the right the left cares the left cares so much <laughs> and i try not to care and i care but do you think the left care the left cares too much though because then nothing gets done the left cares, and by the way no i, that's I don't I mean to mean. say that oh okay yeah, no, 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 I so you mean too much so you started your <laughs> uh this part of the conversation about age of people in congress yes. 68 of the hundred senators mm-hmm. are uh, baby boomers, mm-hmm. and another. Let's see here. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I don't see the number of the silent generation. Those are the people that are even older than that. Yeah. But, uh, but so let's just say they're, they're trying. Let's just say seventy percent, and this isn't mm-hmm. the exact number, but let's say this particular Congress, seventy percent of. The Senate is over age 65. Yeah, correct. Now, I, I don't think we shouldn't have people over age 65, mm-hmm. but to your point, there should be more represent, uh, representation uh, across the other generations. Right. And I mean, there's definitely ways to capture young people's attention. I think we could get more votes if we could vote for things that we cared about. Joe Biden is in office not because everyone was like, yay, Joe Biden. It was, oh, no, we're scared of Trump. Right. If we actually, and I'm sure that there are Joe Biden fans out there, but they're moderates, like they're not, you know, um, they're barely Democrats. But if we could actually, like, you know, stop the fear a bit, work on reversing voter suppression, getting more polls, uh, more polling stations out, getting better polling voting machines, um, making sure that people had transportation, making sure there's a lot of mail-in voting opportunities, um, if mm-hmm. people are coming from rural areas or disabled, making sure that they have ample opportunities to vote and ways to get to vote, whether, again, if they need transportation, if they need certain accommodations um, in order to get to the polling places or to, you know, make sure that they get their, their mail-in votes, make sure that happens. Then you start campaigning on progressive policies and progressive policies not doctored up in ways to make it sound like they're like, I swear some of these Democrats are really trying to, like, you know, whittle down all their policies to the bare bones, which really doesn't make anything move forward. But they're trying to make it sound nice. You know, they're trying to make it sound like you wouldn't be too scared about it. Right. I am waiting for the people to start uh, campaigning on on actual progress. And I'm also waiting for the people who are not going to be campaigning, but who are and they exist. But I think more into the mainstream um, people who are, who are more on the on the liberation side of things than they are of just trying to legislate their way out of things. We're always told we can legislate our way out or into anything we want through the power of politics. And you sit in your civics class and you're told one of your civics duty is to vote. We have representative democracy. If you just elect the right representatives, they'll do what you say because they represent you. They want to make you happy. No, they don't. Right. Your vote matters. Not really. Um, I'm waiting for people to actually look to make a change. And I think that that won't happen via voting or via politics necessarily within, you know, our actual um, 
three branch of government style situation that we have, I'm thinking like the politics between the actual people, the people in the world, on the ground, in a much more direct way. And I, I'm seeing that happen. And that is so exciting. And I have seen it happen. I mean, to think... Where are you seeing it happen? Well, not where you go. But I, oh. <laughs> but I mean, like, like, through social media, through protests, through, through a lot of... And to think, I mean, the reason the, the mainstream knows about trans people is not because of the people in the White House or on the Senate floor. The reason people, the reason gay marriage is legalized, not because of anyone in the, in the Senate. No one would have cared if not for the long, and again, decades of um, gay uh, celebrities coming out, protests, riots, um, people sacrificing their lives, their livelihoods, and their security to fight for a cause they cared about. The reason that we have uh, the ADA, which for those who do not know, it is um, the Americans with Disabilities Act, uh, which basically means, and it doesn't translate perfectly, but basically means you can get accommodations in a workplace and, you know, any newer buildings have elevators in them, et cetera, et cetera, happened because a bunch of people crawled up the steps of Capitol Hill and everyone had to watch them. It is not because of our government. Our government does not care until it affects them. And that is, I think, the youth's biggest frustration is we have to yell and scream and cry and beg for even half an inch of progress. And all of that can be undone every four years again and again and again and again. What's the point, right? We have not progressed as a nation as much as we should have. It is it is very uh, important that we can make that kind of progress and feel like we're actually being empowered when often, realistically, we're just not because our government doesn't represent us. I should add that uh, my lovely daughter was afraid of falling asleep before we started uh, I was tired. recording today. <laughs> yeah, well, you seem to be doing all right now. All right now, but, but I think the thing is 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 the, the, the youths are being a lot more, I mean, here's the thing, we're a lot more active as a well, than our friends. Well, hold on, before you go down another, oh, yeah. just like slow down. I'm slowing. Like you say things and I be I try to find something mm. to match up with what you're saying. And by the time I find it, which, by the way, is it like 15 seconds later, <laughs> you're you've said like three other totally different things. So uh, about three days ago, you mentioned uh, voter suppression. Yes. Uh, not really three days right. ago, but you mentioned voter suppression. Uh, a big thing happened uh, just uh, this week that I saw in the news and I, I just found it again. Mm -hmm. Texas Tribune reports. Brazos County won't restore Texas A&M mm -hmm. early voting location despite student pushback. County commissioners decided Tuesday that A&M still won't have an on-campus early voting location for the 2022 elections, despite admitting it was a mistake to eliminate it for the first time in years. The Brazos County Commissioner's Court has decided to take no action on bringing back the on-campus early voting location at Texas A&M. They admitted it was a prop mistake, but not enough that they're going to do anything about it this year. Maybe next year. Have you ever so that's heard, a great that's an example yeah. of voter suppression. Have you ever heard like the like the saying if voting really made a difference, they wouldn't let us do it? I've never heard that. OK, no. well, I have many times. Um, <laughs> but if, if we ever want any sort of um, backing up the voting might do something it is it is the idea that there is so much effort being put into making sure people can't vote um 
and we still get to call this country democracy. It's by the way not a democracy; it's a republic. But it's uh, we don't talk about that enough. We say democracy so many times for for people who do not have a democracy. We talk about having one like a lot, um, which is very interesting. Uh, you agree with the, a certain Republican senator when you say this, by the way. I don't doubt it. Not a Republican. Senator Mike Lee, a Republican of Utah, accused Democrats Wednesday, this is actually a year ago, mm-hmm. accused Democrats Wednesday of pursuing a vision of rank democracy mm-hmm. at odds with safeguarding personal liberty, articulating a philosophy Democrats see as an underpinning of underpinning a conservative push to restrict voting rights and environmental regulations. So it goes on. He says, we're not a democracy wrote Mr. Lee, who is in isolation after testing positive for the coronavirus last week. The word democracy appears nowhere in the Constitution, perhaps because our form of government is not a democracy. It's a constitutional republic. Mm -hmm. To me, it matters. It should matter to anyone who worries about the excessive accumulation of power in the hands of the few. Yeah. And let me tell you, he is right. But the the divergence of, you know, I'm not a Republican is different is he's very comfortable with exactly how things are. And I am not. And I and I because the thing is, is a lot of people on the on the right, especially the farther, farther you go, you know, when when they're saying, oh, well, we're saying what everyone's actually thinking. Realistically, they are saying what a lot of people actually think. They aren't saying it out loud. They are being probably more honest with the state of our country. And I don't like it. And I would like it to be different than it is. Um, And so I I, I think, again, what you said to me earlier, Mm -hmm. which has really stood out to me, is that whole idea of when it hits the mainstream. Mm -hmm. The reality is the Republican Party has been doing things in the background designed just to hold on to power. Mm Mm-hmm for years and years now it has now become so over the top that the mainstream gets it and it they're not even hiding it anymore correct and so now it's become a thing but i'm i think you're saying you would have argued i mean well before your time you know 30 years ago 40 years ago same thing was happening yeah yep right genuine i mean since the since the birth of our country you know it's gotten worse since reagan definitely but um, I think that was the start of the the, the end, really. It's the beginning of the end for that bit. But um, but yeah, really, all politics from as far back as as you can see is is just a lot of trying to hold on to power and not a lot of trying to help and um and and you know even even for the causes that we had like women's suffrage, um, say even like the the gay rights movement, a lot of it was accepted under very conditional sort of it's it's just giving people a little bit so that they won't you know starve entirely and, and disengage which is what is happening now um but you know not too much right so the women's suffrage movement was also an incredibly racist movement um so it, it upheld sort of the it, it it upheld white women's like fragility and um it upheld uh a lot of a lot of racism but you know now women can vote right so it's like it's like not a lot of politics is giving you as little as possible so that you won't revolt (laughs) so let me bring it back to how i started this particular conversation we've got midterm elections coming up in five to six weeks i -hmm. sit here on my side thinking if we can just keep the house of representatives which we as in the democrats by the way just so we're on the same page 
uh, if the Democrats can keep control of the House, which there's about, a, according to uh, certain certain predictors of these things, there's a, about a three in 10 chance, which is low, but it was even lower six months ago, a three in 10 mm-hmm. chance. And if we can get at least a couple more people in the Senate that are Democrats, we can... Again, going back to what I said before, we could codify Roe v. Wade and a woman's right to choose. We right, could do something with voter rights. Well, <laughs> hold on. So, <laughs> so let me. So, I want you. Here's the way I want you to think of it. Say mm-hmm. what I just said occurs, and we accomplish mm-hmm. those two things. Is that meaningful change, or is that just a morsel so we don't revolt? I think it's a morsel. I think most things are a morsel, uh, but also most things are not really accomplished. Like all the way right right? so you know obviously like supreme court gay marriage right but it you know senate gay marriage that's yeah that's different right so i think i think most things just aren't done all the way most things are not like and we kind of wait till things are about to explode i mean when people started talking about codifying gay marriage that was when you know the supreme court became very very republican and they had overturned roe v wade over the the idea that you know you don't have a right to privacy necessarily in that way and then it started spreading over to things such as gay marriage and interracial marriage because these are all things that were defended over a person's right to privacy right and now there's a precedent and that's when people start to panic right how thing how bad do people how bad do things have to get for Every group of people, again, I think I brought this up a couple days to you, actually, but you know that saying that they make in, like, um, reference to the Holocaust, where it's like, they came for those people, but I wasn't those people, Uh so I didn't care, and that keeps going till they came for you? Exactly. We are so caught up in the idea that we are the ones that matter all of the time. First of all, everything is transactional, so everything does affect us, realistically. But second of all, can we please care about people in advance before it gets so bad for every single person except for, you know, the one Supreme Court justice who's in, like, an interracial marriage or, like, the one white gay judge somewhere who really didn't care about all the, the voter suppression and, and, the, and the racism that he's legally holding up. But he, he really still wants to be able, to, you know, to sleep with his husband. Like, why, why can't we care? Like before, like that, that to me bothers me so much. We do not listen to the people who are affected, who are, by the way, telling most people in most cases years, years before this stuff, you know, became an issue um, that, that if this, you know, if X happens, Y will happen and then Z will happen, right? You don't listen. You don't listen. No one listens. No one listens at all. I'm not saying you as in you directly necessarily, <laughs> but what I only sometimes Sorry. don't listen. Um, because That's but because true. because um, in all seriousness we've had this discussion and I think you're correct. Mm-hmm. I think it uh and it 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 backs up what you're saying. We are more likely to act and care about the things that we that directly affect us. Meaning mm-hmm. meaning there are plenty of things I would say to you I agree I agree with you about and then we would stop talking about it and then I would go turn on a basketball game. I mean right. that not literally always necessarily, but you get my the point mm-hmm. I'm trying to make there. And so Correct. it becomes, what do we have to do as a country to mobilize around a, a, cer- a certain set of ideals that we all mm-hmm. care, or, or I shouldn't say we all care about because that's not really possible, but, right. but 
enough people care about that if we all came together, it would make a difference. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't that be nice, yeah. right? Um, uh, yeah. I don't know. I just, I think it's it's pretty frustrating because there's been a lot of activists out here for a very long time sort of making things known and they're just not listened to. And then, you know, we all get to panic. And then, and then, you know, people who realistically aren't affected much, but you know, care can make Instagram posts about how sad and unjust the world is, right? When it's like, well, yeah, but can people do stuff though? And I understand there's definitely a lot of like compassion fatigue that happens. Um, and there's so much news and so much awful stuff happening all of the time. So I'm not necessarily asking that people, you know, focus on everything. I have my niche, you know, um, I focus mostly on, uh, it's a disability uh, liberation advocacy and mm -hmm. rights first and foremost. And then, cause, lived experience i think matters a lot of a lot sure. of times but here's the thing right that intrinsically uh connects to uh racism and sexism um based because you know if if uh, being disabled is hard in the first place there is worse medical care um and services provided to those um who either identify um, as a woman or assign female at birth, depending on sort of when the disability happens, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And then if you're a person of color, it, it of course, like it, it connects. And then, and then, and here's, here's the big one, it's all white supremacy. Ableism is white supremacy. Uh, racism is white supremacy. Sexism is white supremacy. It's all white supremacy. So really, Everyone should be united in, in dismantling, taking down, changing, whatever, whatever. Really not changing. Taking down and smushing beneath our feet. Um, uh, white supremacy. So do you have any predictions for what's going to happen during the upcoming elections? Or, you know, not to put words in your mouth, it doesn't really matter. That's honestly not where my focus lies. I do hope that the Democrats are able to, you know, get the seats they need to get. Um I am currently, I would say, more focused on, obviously, when Democrats are in power, it's slightly easier to pass certain legislation. So I, I hope that... They're the lesser of your two evils. They are yeah. indeed, sort of, marginally. Um, <laughs> but uh, but in, in, my, in my personal life, I think midterms change or not, I'm still going to be doing what I what I typically do and and uh, continuing within my personal life to fight for for change uh, in 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 the niches that that I uh, I do think well, so. as we wrap up today let's talk about what we've learned we've learned okay. we should never mention Weezer and MCR in the same sentence I'm here's the thing for many people I'm sure you could and I to me even you could just maybe not saying they sound like MCR. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> Sorry. They remind okay. you of MCR. I, when I listen to MCR, I think to myself, I need to listen to Weezer. Have you heard Island in the Sun? Sounds like sounds like MCR. You know what? You're naming good songs, and that's where I get bothered. That's a very good song. What I'm saying. They're, I'm naming popular Weezer songs, so yes, they're probably going to be uh, thought of as good. Yeah. All my favorite <laughs> songs are slow and sad. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that was the first thing we learned. We also learned that uh, Rich should never bring up getting a new iPhone in front of his daughter. That was number two. We, we've learned that. We've learned most things you shouldn't bring up in front of me. That's, that's, that's just how things work. 
And number three... Didn't bring up democracy in front of him. And number three, uh, under the right circumstances, Eva's open for a revolution, even though she's against violence. That's yeah. true. It's my controversial I'm against violence. By the way, I'm before the you even say it, you think you're just mm-hmm. now getting your... your uh, con- what was the word you just used? Your controversial <laughs> statement of the day? Okay, yeah. let's, let's get to it. Here's my controversial statement. Right. Here's my controversial statement. We need more unity on the left. Yeah. We need more uh, unity with the, with the workers. We need to do more community outreach. Stop preaching your theory. Actually go out on the ground and do some sh- And then once we are, we are a little bit more secure in the idea that people who don't want their lives sacrificed won't have to do that, then maybe we can think that out. Because right now, um, the people who are going to survive are the people who are in privileged uh, situations in the first place. So Eva, do you have anything fun planned for the week? Or really, there's nothing more fun than talking to your dad? necessarily have anything fun i have to continue to clean i'm i'm so fatigued i haven't been able to get very much done um honestly so you know whatever uh just just working on that i'm as soon as we get off i'm sitting now mm-hmm. gonna start lying down um maybe activate more of my hand warmers um because i have i'm just the one but i'm just gonna cover myself in in, in hand warmers and blankets um and Are you cold? Yeah. Okay. Um, no, my hands, my hands just get cold because okay. of uh, because of many things, actually. But either way, I'm uh, gonna do that. the The week hopefully doesn't have much event to it. I've I haven't really been doing great, honestly. Yeah. The the past little bit. So I don't know. Um, we should talk more. You sound great when you talk to me. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. No, you're you're like you make me more happy than the than the majority of my current environment. Oh, thank does, you. So. Yeah, no. yeah, you should be honored. Um, but it's very good. I feel quite accomplished. I plugged in my microwave, so it works good. now. Um, I had to unplug a lamp. I because re- I don't have any overhead lighting, so I just kind of have to. Anyway, um, so you can't have light. You could only really use the microwave during the day. <laughs> I have I have one oh, lamp. Okay. On one corner of my All room, right. and that's what lights up my entire room uh-huh. now. If I'm not, if it's not like. Um, but I like to keep the light low in here anyway, or else I get a headache. Gotcha. So I, uh, I don't really mind. Um, it's just a little bit more convenient because the, the lamp that has to be unplugged was on my desk and it was, it was nice to have something on the other corner of my room, I guess. And, you know, I don't know. I'll just, I'll live my life. I'll reheat my pasta. I'll lie down. Yeah. Live in, live in life large. Well, well, Eva, even though this is a podcast, which means we could uh, really speak uh, for an infinite amount of time, I'm going to say that's all the time we have this week. Oh, we're running out. Oh, no. I, okay. <laughs> so you better say goodbye quickly. I know. This is an episode I'm never going to re-listen to. Sometimes I re-listen to some of our old episodes, yeah. but any of the politics yeah. ones, I get so self-critical because I'm like, oh, I could have phrased that better. I could have been more clear here. I could have been more hardline here. And I just... So Our theme really song, Hot one. Shot, so is, is provided by Scott Holmes Music. You can find this and many other songs at so scottholmesmusic.com. I'm going to say there's no longer sparks joy in me, and I'm going to put it to the side now. Um, well, these are my last few words of, of the show. <laughs> I just want to say thank you for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Amazon Music. Almost anywhere fine podcasts are streamed or downloaded. And don't be like Eva. Listen to this podcast as many times as you want. Download it. Enjoy it. Tell your friends. 
Just, just don't tell the friends who are going to send me angry fan mail for being a bad leftist. Thank you very much. I, I'm, <laughs> on that note, peace and love, everyone. Goodbye. Farewell, my friends, comrades. Bye. Our theme song, Hot Shot, is provided by Scott Holmes Music. You can find this and many other songs at scottholmesmusic.com.